Hey everyone, welcome to The Future and Young, where we are devoted to building tomorrow's leaders today. And today we have part two of our interview with Jake Bajorsef, the Chief Growth Officer of Social Apex Media. We dive into some really cool topics such as voice, AR, VR, all kinds of neat stuff. So I hope you guys get a lot of value out of this. So let's jump into part two with Jake Bajorsef. Let's go. Okay, I have some thoughts on this next subject and I really, I'm curious to hear your thoughts just because you work in the marketing space and you know the marketing space and you're kind of projecting to see where the marketing space and where the industry is going. Virtual reality. What are your thoughts on the short term potential for it as as well as like the 10, 15 year potential of virtual reality and it being a real thing? Huge. I think it's already a real thing. It's like most things. And you could even say this about, well, their iPhone's hard to say so. Um, timing's everything. They said this for decades for startups, like timing's the number one reason why they succeed or don't. That's why we aren't investing a lot of our time within AR and VR, although I know it's around the corner. So AR and VR is gonna be a part of everything sooner rather than later. I don't know what the time frame is on that. It really just depends on consumer engagement and how the friction, uh, how frictionless it becomes. Because if you have to throw on a VR headset in order to hop in a fake VR world and then you're rendered useless because you have a headset on and you can't do anything yeah. else, like that's not very practical. But like Google, the lenses and the contacts, like that seems yeah. really practical to me. Then it's just a matter of what does the design look like? What is the UI? What is the UX? All of that. So. It's definitely coming. I don't know how you can prepare for it marketing-wise because where there's marketing to be made there is within the creation of that content, not the advertising on top of it. I would say like if you are a Nike, and I'm sure they're already doing this, but even a lot, even a lower uh, consumer-driven brand because it's going to be consumer-driven. Like most phases, it's going to take on a consumer network, similar to social media. Like. Social media was primarily consumer companies. Now it's like B2B, as you, as you can see on LinkedIn. So it's going to be consumer driven. So if I was like, if I owned an apparel company right now, I would today drop all of my whatever money you have coming in or savings or investments and put invest that all into AR and VR of building like an AR or VR like shop mm-hmm. to the point where anyone ever can try on your clothes or yeah. feel it like virtually through some crazy thing. So I definitely see a large future for it. It's really hard to prep for it until it gets here from an agency's perspective. But from a consumer perspective, um, yeah, that, that's gonna be huge. And then students uh, definitely should be looking in the development of that. Yeah. If you can know how to develop both sides of it, because there's two parts of coding to it. You have to code the design um, and then you have to code the, the, the function in the UX. So if you understand both sides of it, they'll work better seamlessly. So I, I'd be heavily interested in discovering that because that, that's a skill that's going to be worth a lot one day. I mean, this is like ground floor of building websites. Essentially, this is going to become larger than what 
websites were and what the internet was and larger than what phones are now mm -hmm. this it's going to get to that level because it's more immersive and we're coming to the end of the app era i mean yeah, like, yeah. i mean let's face it we've kind of maxed out the potential of what our iphones can do mm -hmm. what our android phones can do because you know the space is so limited on a screen so i'm really curious like i mean like let's aeropostle for example in a world where you can put on a headset, you know, at the, at the very early stages, and you can sit on your couch and walk into an Aeropostale store and see the store. And it's just so much more realistic than having an app. Like, it, you know, you're able to do so much more. And I feel like the investment on that is gonna be so much bigger. What's funny is there's so many companies still chasing to get apps. Like the McDonald's app will just got released. Yeah. I, like, well, I just heard about it like this year. And I'm sure it was released a while back, but like, there's still companies coming out with apps. I'm like that. I get it. That was the wave maybe five years ago. The new wave, you need to be looking at AR and VR. So mm -hmm. it'll be a similar, similar wave, where the initial AR and VR players are going to be very consumer driven. It'll be movies. It'll be music festivals. That's going to be huge for this, by the way. Yeah. Think about a sports game. Think about a concert and sports game where it is coming at you. Like yeah. There's so much potential for that. That'll be the first use of it. Uh, because those are your early adopters, then it'll get segued into consumer brands, but mm -hmm. it'll take five to ten years again before McDonald's has their own. Yeah. And before American Eagle and AirPods and all the others. But it's going to happen for sure. I don't know where to frame yourself, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we're in the same boat. Like, do we start talking about this? Do we avoid it? Because we still have companies that aren't bought in on social media. Yeah. <laughs> So like, which, which it blows my mind. I mean, that's, we're in an odd place. I'll tell you that. That's where I mean the whole industry and I websites feel like that are trash. I'm like, so there's just there's just a lot at play. I would say. And I'm kind of finding it fascinating that we are talking about VR now when the new newspaper came out with Facebook, right? And then we try to go to the new radio with your Amazon Alexa and your Google Home. And honestly, I. A lot of people are all in on voice, like they, they love the idea of voice. Mm -hmm. And I just don't find it practical in a public setting. You know, in your home, yes. Like I understand why it's called a Google Home, you know, or in an office where you're by yourself. But in a public setting, I just, because uh, I want to hear your thoughts on voice and its implementation into business. It's just so one dimensional. You know, you ask Alexa for an answer, she gives you one answer. Whereas you go on Google, and you ask for food in KC, she gives you a million answers, right? And yeah. so I just think the one dimension of the Google Home and the Amazon Alexa voice functionality is going to limit its ability to help people just because of its lack of being able to provide you information. Sure accessibility and friction, yeah. So I would say um, voice is something we're heavily looking into right now. Really? And we, have, we actually have a lot planned. Initially, and what I can share is voice SEO. So mm -hmm. what's gonna happen when you go, Google, order me chocolate chip cookies, and then there's a bidding price on that, but it's a direct sale conversion, not a click yes. on a website, then order. Yeah. So. But you have to be number one. I mean, it's the same as being number one on Google. It's the same, but there's a whole bidding game behind it, and then there's the brand equity of do you say chocolate chip cookies or do you say chips ahoy you see what I, yeah mm, so there's it's going to open up a whole nother can of worms but it's going to increase that brand space which is what i'm most interested in yeah not because i 
not because I want to profit from it. There's enough agencies around town, and none of that, none of the large consumer industry trends are going to affect our bottom line at all too much. But I will say it's just it's just going to be cool from a consumer perspective to see so much more brand equity where brands are bought in and they stop doing all this BS marketing and they truly get integrated into the system. So that's for sure going to happen over the next three years as it's used more. Mm-hmm. In the business setting, what I see is what will happen is custom apps will start, start being developed through um, the, through the voice system. And I developed one over the summer just when I was bored. Expl- um, explain that process because I guarantee you that even if I post this to all 7,000 whatever LinkedIn connections I have, maybe two of them understand yeah, no the complexity. So I'll share whatever, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear, like, explain the process of short-term developing an app and how it, you actually use that app within the system. Yeah, so um, from the development perspective, it's difficult. So it's similar to AR in the sense of there's a UI and UX and they're very detached. So on, there's a layer of like what's being said and then there's another layer under that of the function and they have very little correlation. So what I see happening is in a business setting, me being able to say, hey, send, um, well, it's hard to frame because the verbiage will change as well mm. because it won't be so simple-minded. It'll be yeah. more like, saying one line and that line takes on 10 tasks. So rather than saying, hey, schedule a meeting, like that's a very simple function. But what if you said, hey, send a proposal to, to this client? Mm-hmm. Well, then on the back end, what it can do, it can notify Jim, who's gonna build the proposal. It can notify Susie, who's the client manager, who's gonna send off the proposal. And then it can live time, hand that off. Mm. So then you as a manager and executive know that that's done. Oh, and by the way, once Susie clicks send, then it'll notify you and say proposal sent. Interesting. Or whatever it is. So that's what I see happening in a business setting. Do you see that on the current systems they have? No, so your current them, Amazon Alexa. No, none of them have that. The functions they have are stupid. <laughs> to put it frankly. Like, it's, no, I agree. I, I, I agree. That was with awful that. vocab, but it's like <laughs> Alexa, what's the weather? Oh, that's this greatly helped our bottom line. That yeah. and and so that that brings on the whole issue of uh, practicality. So when a business owner sees a voice app or a AR being used so one dimensionally and like, oh, this is all it can do, then they don't see the 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 greater capacity of all the functions that it possibly can do in the future so then it limits their capacity and their own definition of that to mm-hmm. a very small spectrum when in reality it's so much larger so then that hurts innovation but it also hurts integration of a sense of if i go to a business today maybe i'll be able to uh, tell tell you this for sure within a few months but if i go to a business today and say um hey I developed this Alexa app that you can run all of your systems from Google Calendar, Asana, I'll show you all these tabs I have set up. Google Drive, Google Sheets, Salesforce, HubSpot, all of that, yeah, thank you. Um, all those different platforms in one, and it, it can be voice driven, you'll mm-hmm. never have to click on this crap on your computer. What would you give for that? Yeah. Whatever. Not only is the price gonna be very low, but the 
like believability is not even going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so, and obviously you can just show people, but there's just it's got a lot, it's got a ways to come. But I'm very interested in where this gets integrated within uh, the business community and the personal community. Like you said, though, I don't see a, a large future for it in terms of practicality at a consumer level. Yeah, I see this being a business thing. Yeah. Um, when you talked about how like, you know. It's it's gonna take people a while to get used to the the idea of a voice mm-hmm. or idea to VR. Now we get into the more the the millennial Gen Z type aroma where we're pretty fast paced. Like we don't really like we're used to things changing so rapidly, new platforms coming out. I mean, we've in my lifetime, I think we've gone through. I mean, like eight or nine different real core social media platforms that have taken over the. The, the industry, you know? So we're used to fast paced, things changing, rapidly changing. Will that affect in 10 years when Generation Z starts to get into the to the workforce? Is that what it's called? Gen Z. Gen Z. Oh, wait, yeah, Gen yeah, Z, my bad. Gen Z. What's the one under Gen Z? My, like, my, my sibling? I don't know. My, I, I think it's Generation Alpha. It's something. Because it's A. It's like. It's a restart. They, they go back to A. Because you guys are Gen Y, the millennials. Is that actually? Because Gen X is. So why is it called millennials then? I think 2000, the year 2000 is something. I don't know. Oh, you're right. I couldn't tell you because I think that was the end of it was 2000 and then everything above that was Gen Z. But do you think Gen or now I'm mixed up. Gen Z and millennials, them getting into the workforce, being the workforce is going to change how fast companies adapt to these new platforms coming out. I wish, what I wish is yes, the reality is no, because, um, and this brings on a whole nother discussion of millennial and Gen Z integration in the workforce. Um, it's, so here's what's happening at a corporate level, as well as at a smaller level too. And you're not gonna experience this because you have your stuff together, but the typical young person getting hired um, millennial goes up pretty far too, but so I'm mm-hmm. speaking like let's talk people under like 26. Um, so when we look at that, what we see is they go into these corporations or businesses or whatever, and like I mentioned earlier, they get thrown into what is the business norm, and then that becomes their norm, and the IP and the thought leadership and the ideas and the concepts that they came in knowing from personal experience, not from an education standpoint, get thrown out the window, forgotten, or simply can't be applied Mm. to the point where you you maybe try to implement something your first 90 days, but then after that, it's not happening. Because you don't have the credibility, you don't have the skill set or experience to apply it, even though you know it to be the truth. Where you might get hired on by some organization and say, hey, hey, we need to fix our website. Hey, we need to fix our socials. Hey, we need to be running ad campaigns because it's cheap as hell. Um, but because you don't have the leverage to actually make that happen and connect that to a bottom line, then it won't happen, mm-hmm. which then leads a negative propensity towards leadership, um, older leadership and experience to be against you because you come in with fresh and creative ideas. And then it creates this whole cycle causing what is now a very large issue for the majority of companies as far as retaining millennial Gen Z uh, talent. What's happening right now is the unemployment's so low, plus the connectivity of digital, 
is if your boss pisses you off, you can literally get a new job like yeah. later that day. Um, especially but like in China, like with the connectivity that we have, yeah, yeah. anywhere you want to work. Yeah, so it causes problems there. Um, so that's why it, that won't help the integration. Mm-hmm. It might, where it will help is with the entrepreneurship community because this could do wonders for a startup business, especially mm-hmm. in terms of organization um, that can't afford to hire um, assistants and secretaries and managers to manage these operations. But if you have an Alexa voice that can manage everything, that's significantly helpful. Yes. As well as it further impedes innovation within, if we think tech or we think really whatever. Um, it It's it's like us at Social Apex, like we're gonna create dope social media for Social Apex, right? Because that's yeah. kind of who we are and what we do. Yeah. And likewise, a tech company that's development heavy is probably gonna have a sick website. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's where you'll see it get get implemented first. I wish, I wish it would happen with millennial and Gen Z because that'd make my job easier yes. in the media industry. But I just see a, there's a lot of issues with that right now, um, employment-wise. I'm really curious how the Gen Z is going to because we just don't know. I mean, we're too young That's to see a crazy generation to see how they are going to combat the millennial stereotype of lazy, entitled, like that whole sector that they place on the millennials which i fundamentally disagree with because i know there is there are millennials just like every other generation that want to kick butt and take over the world but because of the few that don't you know you guys get that whole stereotype but i'm curious how that is because i just don't know how the generation how gen z is going to go into the workforce and yeah kick it so when i when i think of gen z i think of younger than you Primarily, just because you, you'll do like the medium. medium I'm the forgotten medium. middle child. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but like I'm straddling Gen Z and millennial as well. Um, so what I see is um, it's an odd generation, and I don't know how it's going to play out. They're just really, they'll be entering the workforce officially over the next few years, right? I mean, yeah, that's when I believe so, yeah. Seeing it. And you won't see leadership roles for a little bit after that. But um, what I'm interested to see is the level of how does technology affect it? Because there's a lot of ways that can happen. Um, I think everyone at that level is a lot more tech savvy than their millennial counterpart, counterparts. I think naturally because of innovation and disruption uh, and just growing up on it. But I also think it because tech continues to grow at an uh, exponential rate. So they kind of understand a little bit better than even millennials. So what does that do for the workplace in terms of actual execution? And then where does the EQ and IQ come in? Because I think where Gen Z lacks is the EQ because they're so driven digital Mm -hmm. that there's less emotional experiences. But maybe I'm wrong and that creates more digital experiences. But what I see is a very tech-savvy, tech um, not so much social-driven, but very, there's a lot of culture within it. TikTok's a really large uh, app with lots of Gen Z on it. Um, younger Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, I would say younger. So, like 14-ish, 12 even. Middle school. Yeah, yeah. definitely middle school. So, what that app reminds me of is definitely low attention span. 
Um, Almost your Vine. I mean, it's the exact same thing. That, yeah, that's why Vine did so well as far as building a community is that it was able to, it was so short and, you know, seven seconds is not that long. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea. Yeah. And that's, I think that's going to be our greatest downfall is us not having an attention span because everything is so right here all the time. Like being able to wait, patience. I mean, if, if Generation Z is going to fail, you know, I think it's going to be a lack of patience and a lack of being able to wait and be patient for something to come to them. And like you said, with you know, people being able to move jobs so fast, I think that's going to be a real issue for our generation because we're unable to be content where we're at because we want things to happen. We want movement. Mm-hmm. Well, with there should all the projections aim towards like a recession within 2020, 2021. Yeah. So unemployment will definitely rise from that, which, I mean, inherently that won't be a great thing, but long-term, that's probably a good thing. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Gen Z. I'm interested to see what that looks like over the next few years, as well as how it affects buying purchases. Right now, Gen Z buying purchases are predicated on fascination and deep love because the buyer is actually the parent. Mm. So mm-hmm. what a lot of agencies and what a lot of marketers forget about is your Gen Z market now, the buyers aren't your 13-year-old. It's yeah. the older. So what happens when that 13-year-old is 21 has their own income? Well, how does that affect their buying purchases now? Are they less starstruck purchasing? Um, and now are they more reasonable mm-hmm. and then therefore your messed up pricing model or therefore your brand equity that's driven on um, shiny objects or whatever it is um, now falters so those are all things to keep in mind I guess from a marketing standpoint but yeah I'm really interested to see what that looks like as well as what the integration looks like because by then there will be millennial leaders and what you think inherently is that millennial and Gen Z will be on the same side, but I don't know if that's gonna actually happen. Yeah. Um, with more tech savvy talent underneath, that's possibly harder working, possibly. Um, <laughs> so you think it's gonna be almost like an uprising of these Generation Zs trying to overtake the leadership of the millennial generation? Could be. That would be crazy to watch from the yeah. macro level. Well, it depends on what scale you look at too. Like everything, it's gonna come down to micro, but at a macro scale, that very well could happen. I don't think it will. I think it. There's a good. I mean, there's a good chance anything could happen. But yeah, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. We'll Thanks, Jake, for coming on um, and talking to to the podcast. I appreciate having you on. Thanks, brother. We'll talk again soon. <laughs>